Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath. Don't forget the Sabbath. Don't forget the Sabbath. The Lord our God has blessed all the weeks of brightness. It brings reports from labor. It calls the joy divine. It thinks an upmighty standing when heavenly beauty shines. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome. Blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome. Blessed Sabbath day. Keep the Sabbath holy and worship Him today. Who says to His disciples? I am the living way, and if we make you follow, or Savior here below, in Jesus of the fountain, who streams eternal flow. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Day of sacred pleasure is golden our gift stand. In thankful hymns to Jesus, the children dearest friend. Oh, gently loving Savior, oh, good and kind thou art. Our friendship is thy promise to dwell in every heart. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Happy Sabbath, blessed Sabbath. Amen. Thank you, um, Walters, for that song. And we give God praise. Thank you again. Praise God. At this time, I'm going to bring in the topic. Patrick now, and we want to say happy Sabbath to you, Brother Patrick. I know we've taken up a lot of your time. Please forgive me. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Patrick, happy Sabbath. Praise God. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, God, so it's that um I don't know if the line the line doesn't sound that clear. And we're having a lot of disturbance. Are you hearing me clearly? Yes, I think we're hearing you clearly. Speak again and then we'll be able to tell you one more time. It's God, God is truly an awesome God. Amen. Worshiping him. Praise God. So um uh by the way, that was supposed to be my interview. Um this uh first I came on a little bit too early. Was supposed to be interviewing her about her situation, but came on a little bit early. Um I I don't know if Sister Bertha, you there still could you unmute your phone? We just ask you a few questions. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, praise the Lord. Yes, my sister, just welcome again to the Butterfly um, Fire Line. And what time is it now in? Um, um yeah, in three forty-seven. Three forty-seven. In the morning. Yeah. So, have you slept already and set you along? No, I started sleeping earlier so that I can get up for this program. Praise the Lord. So you stayed up for the Lord? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, just, just um, talking to you about how the Lord has blessed you and, and um, as an Adventist, when you were going through this struggle, um, what type of help did you try to seek while you were going through this spiritual warfare, you and your family? What did you, what did you do? We, we first of all tried to contact uh, our pastors in Cameroon, because I come from Cameroon, and also one of uh, uh one pastor from Nigeria, but he was first of all doing his canvassing in Cameroon. So when he went back to Nigeria, we contacted him also. We prayed and um, were not still satisfied, but they did what they could do. Okay. So do you find that strange as Adventist that we come under attack? And, and, what would you say about that? As Adventists, we have the truth, and your families are under spiritual warfare. Um, what do you think? Uh, this is exactly what my sister and uh, I we have been talking about because we could not believe that the only God that we know from childhood is the one of the seven days. Sabbath that keeps the Sabbath, and we have always been praying to him. So we tend to ask ourselves with all our prayers, at times fasting, and we are still under spiritual attack. There was more of those that they don't even know about God. How is your situation like? So no one is exempted from being attacked by the evil one. So it's for us to constantly be in prayers and trying to ask God to reveal to us our position, the way we stand in front of him. 
So did that weaken your faith in any way? No, not at all. Instead, it has really motivated us that we need to spend more time now in reading the Bible, spirit of prophecy, and in praying. Wow, that's powerful. Because you are saying amidst the attack, you are saying that you kept pressing on and said there has to be a way. There Mm -hmm. has to be a way. Were you ever thinking of going to the other side, like going to a Sunday church for help? Not at all. Never. It has never crossed my mind or that of my siblings because the only God that we have known that my mom has brought us up is this one. So no matter what we pass through, we know they are all attacks of the evil one to take us away, but our focus should be to stay there, no matter how bad it may be. Wow. Wow. Um, remember the Lord says, I've never seen such faith, where you're going through a warfare, the entire family, and you decided you're staying with the Adventist message. You ain't going nowhere for help. Because do you know that a lot of people go to other churches for prayers? For health and spiritual warfare, why do you think they do that? Um, to me, I think that they will go there if they don't know who they call their God. If you don't believe truly that this is the true church that God has established, and even in the true church, we still have fake ones. So, for words like, for example, before we had to select a pastor, we had to really pray for God to direct us. Who is the right person to handle this? For us, all mat- everything that matters is God. Everything we want to do, how to, first of all, ask God to really direct us to the right source. Just like when I came in contact to your sermon, when my brother sent it to me the first time, I prayed and said, Father, if this is a way, because I've tried other sources, like other pastors, Seventh-day Adventist pastors, I try them with my own understanding and prayers that they are upright. So I tried them, but it did not go. They tried because they really prayed. They even fasted with us, but still there was no um, positive aspect on uh, the spiritual attack on my family. Even though they talk more about what is going on in my home, but they did not talk about the spiritual aspect until we met a button of Christ's ministry. Amen, amen. Well, I'm praising God, my sister, because we we heard the same thing all over the world. And and as Adventists, a lot of us struggle and say, why me, Lord? Why we go through this? Yeah. And I'm praising God that you're able to testify, you know, because we prayed with you and you experienced some power. I know your sister, um, um, forget your sister name. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte experienced a powerful work today when we prayed for her. What did Charlotte say to you after? Yeah, she told me that <clears throat> before she used to hear about this casting and binding, and she would say, well, this is not for Adventists. And also, 
uh, that uh, when she used to uh, watch movies before and also uh, how pastors, they will come and pray and you see somebody shaking and turning, she used to say, ah, this one is not, in, with God, things are not like that. So she told me that when she saw it herself, she said, wow, she, need, she will never criticize nobody again as long as it's the spirit of God leading. But it has given her another way of looking at a Christian work, how to work with God. Amen. Did she describe what happened to her when we were praying for her? In her own she words, was she conscious? Yeah. yeah, she said she was very conscious of what is going on, but it's something that she cannot fully explain. Because the way she was feeling her body, she knew that there was something wrong. There is something going on that she cannot. Because at one point, she, uh, when Sister Michelle was saying that she's standing, she told me that, yes, Betty, uh, Betty. At home, they call me Betty, but my real name is Delta. So at times, I'm confused with the two names. <laughs> so she told me that, yes, Betty, exactly that time that Sister Michelle said that she's standing, she was really standing. Amen. That so you see, that's how it goes. I'm praying. That, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying, I was praying, and the Lord is showing Sister Michelle, and she's experiencing the same thing exactly. And yeah. her body was shaking, uncontrollable. Yeah, that's what and, she told me. Yeah, and how did she felt after everything was over? She anointed herself. How is she feel? Yes. I know we still have more work to do, but how is she right now? Yeah, uh, she had to travel immediately after we pray. She has gone to meet my mother, and um, she says she wants to be beside her mother because what she has experienced these past days is not something that she was thinking. She never knew that she was under spiritual attack, and also that it has really give, motivated her to spend more time with God in prayer. Because like for at every four o'clock, my mother and sisters, we always rise up together, we connect through WhatsApp to pray for the family. So she said, even though she's tired, she cannot miss this four o'clock. That what she has experienced, she needs to really be in prayer. She even said uh, when next we are going to organize the prayer, she will even bring her children, her family, so that we all should be connected to God. Amen. I'm really impressed with your family. You have three sisters. You are the fourth sister and your mother. And you all fast together and are powerful prayer warriors. No wonder the enemy wants to attack you and your family and you're all Seventh-day Adventists who decided you're going nowhere for help. Because a lot of people, when they're coming under attack, they run to the witch doctor. They run to different sources. And all of you are on a three-day fast, which ended today. And that's just an amazing thing for God's people who are listening from around the world. To know that you stayed up in Belgium right now until it's almost four in the morning, just to be on the prayer line to praise God. That's the connection of how much, my sister, you love the Lord. How much the Lord is going to lift you up because of your humility, because of your connection with the Lord, which 
you and your sister, you and uh, Joan and, and, and the rest, you know. God is such an awesome God. I know the whole family is under powerful spiritual attack, but God is going to come and deliver. There is a day of deliverance that is coming for you and your family. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to do for you, my sister. So what could you tell in closing the Adventists who really taking the walk lightly? They don't really, they're, they're on the edge and anything wrong, they're going to different sources. What can you tell them? Because you're going through your warfare and you decide, I'm not turning to the left or to the right. I'm going to go all the way to Jesus. Do you think there is great hope for Adventists to come higher and understand spiritual warfare? Um, what I will say to them, I will use Isaiah, I'm sure it's Isaiah 55, that talks that I will save you in the midst of what, even though you pass through waters, I'll be with you, and through fire it shall not consume you. The Lord will never save an Adventist that is outside the midst of trials and temptation, because these are things that come to strengthen our work and our faith with him. Because if you are an Adventist and the evil one does not tempt you, then it means that you are not an Adventist. Every Adventist has been tempted by the evil one because the evil one knows that we have the truth. We know the truth. So if the evil one comes and tempts you and you go elsewhere, it means that you don't know the truth that is in the truth. So as an Adventist, no matter the afflictions that the evil one will come with. We all have to stand like Job. We are called to stand like Job. It's just like how my husband asked me to choose between our marriage and God because all the time I like to pray, I like to talk about God, everything I remember to God. And I told him that is the source of my strength. Without that, I am nothing. And uh, with this, these are things that will cause other women to be frustrated. No way. I know that there is a God that answers prayers. All I need to do is to gather some people, we pray, and God will give us a solution to that. Amen. So you chose between your husband and God. You chose God. Obviously. I can. I told him, with all due respect, I will never choose you over God. Even my children, nobody will come in the place of God. God is God. God is always the first. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But <clears throat> I have to ask you this last question. I know I asked you already, but just to make it clear, why do you think so many Adventists really don't believe the warfare? Because I know you've gone to different places, pastors, and people don't believe. Why do you think this is such a secrecy in the Adventist church? Because all over the world, people come for help, and they said, we go and the church don't believe. Why do you think this? Just your opinion. To me, the church don't believe because most of the pastors now, most of them, they have gone astray. They, they don't spend time reading the word of God and also the spirit of prophecy, especially the spirit of prophecy. They don't read it for them to be enlightened, for them to have the 
the spirit of discernment from God. So what do they give you? They just give you a message. When you come with your problem, they just try to uh, tell you what the, those in the world will also tell you. They don't go into deep like what uh, Button of Christ have ministry just did now. They spend hours with me praying. Going back okay. into the world to show, yeah. But what if, what if you go and ask somebody else in the church other than the pastor? What about the members? What about the elders? What about the deacons? Is there anybody you can see in the body of Christ where you know know about warfare and they will not shun you? Um, back in my like year in Belgium, I don't even go to church because when I came here, I was going to a church here. But what I saw is something that will instead make you to backslide. So I decided to stay home and be worshiping with my children. It's not you go there, you don't have the anxiety to go to church again. Because a pastor will want to uh, conduct a communion service. He will start with the bread. Before he would just do it zigzag. I had to go and meet the pastor and ask him, but why are you doing it? From the Bible, it's like this, from this stage to this stage. He said, no, you can do it anyhow. I said, no. And in my church, the church that I was attending, they were saying that this gay and homosexual thing is normal. That is how they are. I said, no, no, no. I can't be here. I have to, I left the church. So back in my church in Cameroon, for most of the pastors and elders, what I can really say about them is that uh, they are just, what I really, to be honest, to me, they are after the work and the uh, the salary. They are not really after the ministry, not after the call. But there are some few members there that when they stand up to speak the truth, they always criticize and look them as offshoots. So there's a crisis all around the world. Because yeah. you saw it in Cameroon, and now you're in Belgium living, and you're seeing the same crisis, that we all need Jesus, and we need to come higher. And that's why yeah. you're fasting, you're getting together with your family. And I'm asking you to please, when you pray, pray for the church. Because you know what? Yeah. We're all God's children, and some people's eyes are just closed. It's not open yet. So I'm just encouraging you to pray for the church, and I know we're going to have fast coming up soon, and I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. So grateful that we met you, and may God just bless you, and may his face just shine upon you. I know he's going to give you rest. So just prepare, prepare for when we're going to work together again for the second phase of the deliverance for your three sisters and your mom. So we're keeping yeah. in prayer, keep anointing yourself, and keep studying the Word. And uh, a lot of people on the prayer line are praying for you, and they know for sure that this is definitely war. And one day we will share the full testimony of what happened and the powerful manifestation we'll be able to share more with all those who are listening. So we really appreciate it. And that was Sister Bertha from um, Belgium. And we are so grateful that the Lord led her to the 
bring a lot of people from around the world to the ministry. And God is preparing us for war. Um, you know, I was really impressed this morning. And a sister from a different country, I know she's on the line, but she's not ready to testify yet. But her testimony is powerful. And you know, the Lord spoke to her and told her this morning. Twice, I think the Lord told her during the week and again this morning, pray for Sister Claudia Ashton. And said, pray for her. And she's been lifting up Sister Claudia. And she don't know Sister Claudia. Uh, she only heard her on the prayer line. She never have an encounter, never spoken to her. And we know that Sister Claudia is going to a war here. And I must say, I really appreciate her because she keeps plugging on. The Lord have an appointed time for her deliverance, and she's not giving up. It's a battle on a march, and she's fighting. I'm asking you to continue to pray for her. You know, this morning, I promised I was going to call her right after the prayer line, but we had an emergency case, and I could not get off the line. This one just stayed. That is, that is awesome. I'm just thanking the Lord. Okay, we're going to go into a short word before we close. And brethren, this is high time again. I don't know where you're calling from, different countries, but the Lord loves you. and It's time for God's people to pray. And if you remember, God has been giving me some powerful words. And I remember the word um, God has been keeping us in Peter. And I remember the word about arm yourself. First Peter, arm yourself and be ready for war, like a true soldier. And last Sabbath, the Lord gave me Ruth. Ruth and Naomi. And that was from the, the first book. Chapter of Ruth, from the whole chapter. And, and, and I promised I was going to just do a, a short little part two tonight to close. And that is going to be just part of chapter two. Because I have to speak about this because the Lord impresses me. And it was really a powerful chapter. If you haven't read Ruth chapter one, you have to read it. You have to. You know, I will just give you a little summary of what happened with Ruth. You see, Ruth um, was in this place in Judah, in Jerusalem, where God's people were. And um, Ruth and Naomi, the whole family, no, not Ruth, I mean, Naomi and her husband and two sons pack up and move away from the family and move into amongst the Moabites. Uh, they move amongst people who are not Seventh-day Adventists. They go against the norm. And, and the thing about it is that God will take you up amongst the unusual, amongst the, what is not... Uh, perceived to be normal or ordinary or regular Adventist. But you're going to see what happened here as we're going to go. Father in heaven, we just pray 
that you will cover us now, cover us with your power, with your glory, with your grace. And Lord, may you just give us a measure of faith. And may your glory come down in full measure as the people move, move and pray. And we just want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for our brother Royce, brother Royce in Australia, who is also up in the morning here. His Sabbath is already here, and brother Royce is worshiping and is connected. We have many people around the world who are connected with us now. And Lord, we thank you for the technology. Even Sabbath and Tuesdays and Tuesdays, we are connected by a prayer line via Zoom, YouTube, all the, these medias were connected so that the gospel message can spread. Lord, we appreciate you and we thank you. And we exalt you. And as I open up just a short little word, I pray that you will be with your people and you will cover us now, Jesus. Amen. So it's just going to be a 15 minutes. Talk to you. Remember the book of Ruth. And as I was saying, this was a place where there was a famine. If you haven't watched it, go back to watch that stuff. It's unbelievable. And the Lord just gave me. I have to go back myself to go watch it. So I'm praising God because these people are living in the promise, the land that the Lord gave them. And while they were living there, they just got up and moved the family because they move away from the family. But when you look at it, things were not the best also in Moab. It wasn't the best place neither, but they went there. And tragedy came upon them. When they went there, her two sons married two women. They, they, they found themselves wives, and they married. And then the question for me is, uh, should we marry an equal yoke? You know, a lot of questions go, but sometimes God allows certain things to happen to allow his promise to be fulfilled. So during that time, um, Naomi's husband died. And then her two sons died. Tragedy happened in Moab. And Naomi was broken. She had her two daughter-in-law, including um, Ruth. And they decided that they're going to go back. And Arthur, her sister, Ruth's sister, um, uh, Ruth, um, other, um, Naomi's other daughter-in-law decided she was going to stay back there. Because um, um, Naomi mentioned that it doesn't make sense to come back. And the Lord showed us about the tight relationship that Ruth had with Naomi. That she decided to come back regardless. And the story was very powerful because when they got back, a lot of people wondered, why are you coming back? And uh, in, in, in Ruth, Chapter 1, verse 20, 21, really touched my heart when it says, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me 
tomorrow. For the Almighty has dealt terrible We can go to God and say, Lord, you dealt I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home. Why then call ye me Seeing that the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. He was having a moment when he was talking to God and said, Lord, this what happened. Was empty. I mentioned in the first in that sermon that we have to be empty in order for the power of God to use us. We have to be brought low. Some of us who are high in pride and self, sometimes we have to be brought low. So they came back there and they came back in the season, the barley season. You can go and read it. The time when there was harvest. Because they heard the message that the Lord started to bless the promised land. And if you think about it, why would they have gone away from the promise and um, Naomi had gone through so much tragedies and hurt and pain. Then the Lord brought her back in the harvest. Time when the land is being retrenched. And the question for me is, why did you go there in the first instance? But then when you look at the story, you realize that she went he, she, she went there with her family just so that the Lord can use Ruth, who has been chosen for a powerful purpose where the lineage of Christ will come through. And, and it really inspired me but look at this then. Go to chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2. And I'm going to just go down here in, you know, in 10 minutes here. Look at it, what it says. And it says, Naomi had a king's man and her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech. Okay, so look at this here now. And his name was Boaz. He's talking about the lineage and the generational lineage here, that Boaz is from the lineage. And if you notice what verse 2 says, and Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. God I have to just get you to understand it. that they came back in the time of famine, in the time of harvest, and there were people that is reaping corn. And it seems like to get a job in this corn field, you know, you have to be a regular. You are not even from here. You are a stranger. And she said, if I could only pick up the, the trash then and and pick out the little corns that fall from the dark. Pick out the, I, I'm just trying to break it down for us to get it here. She decided, I will take the crumb that falls from the master's table. 
and it kind of get us into a perspective of uh, where are you with Christ? Are you willing to humble yourself down to the dirt so Christ can exalt you? Are you willing to go beyond the call of duty so that you can be used by the Almighty El Shaddai? Are we puffed up with self and say, I won't do that, I won't take that job because that's not life. I'm not in the fear scraping the dirt. And you know that Ruth is a beautiful woman that everybody has to look at. And here it is, she was brought low, so you think. But God has a plan. And the point is, can we allow God's plan to be accomplished through our lives by humbling ourselves? God is going to humble us and bring us to naught sometimes in order to exalt us and to lift up his name. But when I say exalt us, I mean to bring glory to his name. I'm telling you, if we just stick with the Lord, because when you look at what I said in, in the first chapter of that sermon, that the Lord brought them from nothingness to nothingness, travel all around, and then travel back. They could have just stayed there. Why didn't they stay there? God brought them somewhere so that they picked up Ruth. Her husband died, and God tried to send us a message here that out of nothingness, out of all the blockages and the entanglement and the, the enemy put up the roadblock, God's promise and plan will be accomplished regardless. Naomi told Ruth to go, go and glean. And verse 3 of chapter 2 says, And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her cup was to light on the part of the field belonging unto God, who was of the king's bread of Elimelech. And here what happened now. Verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they said, and they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabite damsel that came back with Naomi of the country, out of the country of the Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheep. So he came and has continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. She was working hard. He didn't complain about the job she was doing because there is a purpose. He ought not to complain when God set it up something big. God brought her back and humbled her. 
she wasn't the same lineage. She was from out of town, a stranger. Verse 8 says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maiden. I'm going to stop here. You can't go read the story. God was setting up a plan where his lineage was going to be accomplished, where Christ would come from his lineage. What if Ruth says, this is not for me. I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to speak so low. What if? What if the Lord is calling you to do something and because it doesn't look pleasant to the eye and to human, you refuse to do it? I'm telling you, the Lord will recompense. God will replenish. God will bless you. If we are obedient and humble ourselves and willing to reap what the Lord has in store for you and I. This is very powerful. The book of Ruth is very powerful to show what God can do and what he will accomplish through his great plan. God will use anything little things to accomplish his work. Are we going to allow him to do the little thing in us? Are we want big things? So everybody will stand and wow. Do you believe? God has a redeemer in place who can rescue us from the devastation of our own sin. God has a redeemer for our lives. And his name is Jesus, as I said. Boaz was a type of Christ. Prophetic symbol of Christ and his redemptive work in our lives today. God is asking you. He will take us empty and he will fill us with his spiritual power. God is saying, I, I, in closing, I want you to get this. Dear brethren, let's take our eyes off the fact that Ruth came back and was doing the fear. Let's look at it that God can take away your husband, who could be a stumbling block for bringing the work. You heard uh, my sister from Belgium. She said she chose between her husband. God. I know a few mothers who chose God over their husband and spiritually they are lifted up. They may not see riches like Boaz, but spiritually God is measuring to say, I can, if you stand up for me, I can replenish and bless you in a mighty, mighty spiritual way. And I can use you 
like how I used the rule. And I've chosen her, but she had a choice. She could have said, no, I don't want to work for you. I want to stay back up there. But there was a deep love relationship between she and her mother-in-law. God is saying if we have this relationship with you, our full purpose will come full circle. God wants us to really look at the spiritual application. It's not only about losing your husband and marry again into riches. More than that. It's God's promise, the lineage, and what he will do to save humanity. What he will do so that Jesus will come to restore and to replenish what the devil has stolen and to fill what is empty. If you go through the story, you will see that Boaz not only blessed Ruth, but blessed Naomi. When the blessings come, it's going to come in abundance. If you look on just the suffering of this life, a lot of us is going to quit. Give up. When you heard my sister testify from Belgium and what she's been through and many others who have been through rough times, but they're holding on. She testified that she will never give up as an adventist. We have the truth, and we're going to go forth regardless of the tough times. Because God have a plan. God have a boaz who's waiting. Jesus is waiting for you. But you must go through the trial. You must go through it. In order for the, the, the lineage of Jesus to come through the roof, you know what happened? He must go to Moab. She must go to this place. She must go to suffering in order to lose so that we can purify. I pray tonight that God will really help us to up and the true followers of Christ to really go back and read these two chapters of Ruth and how she stood up for Christ regardless, and it paid off. God is saying, if you stand up for me, it's going to pay off. Are you willing to stand up for Jesus? Do you believe that it will pay off? How you don't really believe? It will pay off. It, it, it's not just like this. We just go to church and and and. You see, when we go through spiritual warfare, that's when we realize that, wow, playing church, nothing ordinary, man. Not about playing church. God is real. He's coming for real. When we go through warfare and pray for some people and have some experience, we're like, wow, God, He's so powerful. You want to draw closer. I pray tonight that God people don't leave any loophole. Just let us humble ourselves before Him. Humble ourselves in His presence. If we have to do something that will humble us, look to Jesus. There's a reward coming. 
But there was something driving Ruth. Why would she go to glean? Why would you take the Lord's job? Why did Boaz told her when she was lower than his servant? Was green. Nobody wants to do that. That's the creation of the body. He promoted her immediately and said, hey, you ain't going back to no field. That's good for you. God was working meanwhile. God working for you. You fed up of what you're doing. Just leave it. I pray tonight. We will leave everything to Jesus. Please go back and overview Ruth's story. Very powerful. May God just bless you tonight. May you be pumped up and be ready as we continue to study for God bless you. Keep you in stage one. You will now have the prayer request. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.